0: Well, good morning, church. Great day to be here with you all. Uh, well, this past week, we had our Ash Wednesday uh, drive through service. Uh, it was a really great time. Beautiful weather. Uh, uh, Megan and Vanessa even took ashes down to the Maitland train station to see if there might be anyone interested there in being told they would die one day and, uh, and getting their foreheads really dirty to prove it. And uh, there were not. <laughs> uh, it turns out that participating in a religious ritual uh, involves some trust and hopefully a pre-existing relationship. Uh, 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 it was really cute. Megan said they were on the platform with this, you know, cute little sign that said Ashes for Ash Wednesday, and uh, 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 they were on the platform, you know, on, on the right, and people were trying so hard to avoid them, they were walking right next to the train. Like, people would rather risk being, being killed by a train than, uh, being, than to be reminded they would actually, uh, 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 yeah, it was pretty funny. Um, <laughs> People would rather actually die than be reminded of it. That's, that, was, that was the thing. It kind of gave us a little sympathy for uh, Jehovah's Witnesses that come to our door. Uh, they, they, they used to come to ours. Uh, the last time they came to our door, that the dogs were going really crazy, barking. And so I, I opened the door just a crack, and I, I asked, are, are you Jehovah's Witnesses? And they said, yes. And I said, we've been disfellowshipped, um, which is something I read on the Internet, uh, you could say, to get them to leave you alone forever. Um, it's like their version of excommunication. Uh, 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 the faces they made when I told them that uh, tell me that I guessed correctly. Uh, uh, you should try it. Um, well, anyway, next year, Megan and uh, uh, Vanessa uh, said they would take uh, coffee and donuts down to uh, uh, the train station, which uh, I think it's a good idea um, you know, if those folks had brought me coffee and donuts, I, I might well have heard them out. Um, although, aren't coffee and donuts things people give up for Lent, so might not want to bring that for Ash Wednesday. Anyway, Lent is this uh, season of preparation that we observe in the church to uh, prepare for Holy Week and Easter. Uh, not not you know, preparing physically, although we do that too, but preparing spiritually. To take the time at least every year to remember what we should recall every day. Uh, that God took on our flesh uh, and died on a cross and rose from the grave all for us. And that he calls us to pick up our own crosses and follow him. This Lent we're going to be focused on one of the first people Jesus called to follow him, uh, Peter. Peter. And through his eyes, we'll get a better look at Jesus. Where we meet him today, he's not even Peter yet. He still goes by his given name of Simon. You probably remember if you've read the story before, Simon Peter was was brash and brave. He, He plunged ahead when others might have retreated. But he was also sometimes scared and regretful. He was too sure of himself, and so when he was wrong, he was really wrong. He was an inconsistent disciple, kind of like us. He had a wandering heart. So do we. That's what this series is about. Each week this uh, Lent, we're in this uh, new series called Wandering Heart and we're going to uh, dig into a Peter story as well as a verse from the old hymn, Come Thou Fount of Every Blessing. This week that line is, uh, uh, Jesus sought me when a stranger. So we're going to look at how Jesus called Simon Peter to follow him. But first, uh, let's pray. God, you know our wandering hearts how we want to follow Jesus, but something holds us back from really committing. Maybe it's our fear, maybe it's our doubt, maybe it's our comfort, but something's holding us back. Help us to see that today. Show yourself to us the way you showed yourself to Simon Peter. Amen. Well, looking at the beginning of Peter's faith story makes me think about my own beginning uh, uh, you know sometimes it's really hard to place where your faith story began yeah, since, especially since I grew up in the church you know in a Christian family uh, it's like trying to remember the first time I laughed uh, was it when I was baptized as an infant uh, when I prayed the sinner's prayer for the first time Or was it the time I prayed the same prayer at Young Life Camp and I really meant it? The longest time, I equated faith with feeling certainty. So I was always trying to figure out when I was the most certain. And try to recreate that feeling in order to really know that I was really a a believer. We all have our own starting line for our faith journeys, don't we? You know, for, for some of us, it's, it's one particular moment. Maybe it's something you heard or, or read that just, just clicked, and you've, you've, you've never been the same since. Maybe it was a prayer you really felt, or a time when everything just clicked into place. For others, it's more like realizing you've been on the path without really remembering when you stepped onto it. It's like looking back and seeing the trail behind you and thinking, oh, I've been walking this way for quite some time. And then there's those of us who've had a bit of a, a zigzag route, moments of doubt, of questioning, of stepping off the path only to find our way back again. Or maybe you're still considering whether this is something you really believe at all. And that's okay too. So no matter where we began, I think we'll see ourselves somewhere in Simon Peter's story. Uh, In our scripture today, uh, found in Luke 5, uh, 1 through 11. This is the story of how Simon ended up following Jesus. But it's not the story of the first time they met. Uh, that happened earlier. Uh, Jesus healed Simon's mother-in-law, and may have even been staying with him as a guest for a while. Simon might have been a fan or or even a friend, but he wasn't a follower yet. So our scripture today is the story of how Simon left the world he knew behind, and started following Jesus. So let's let's get into it. It's in your bulletin. It'll be on the screens starts like this. It says, once while Jesus was standing beside the lake of Gennesaret and the crowd was pressing in on him to hear the word of God, he saw two boats there at the shore of the lake. The fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little way from the shore. Then he sat down and taught the crowds from the boat. Now, you can picture that scene, right? It's pretty, pretty told pretty well in the in the Bible. There, the crowd is mobbing Jesus, uh, trying to get close enough to see and and hear and and touch him. That they're basically pushing him into the water. So he says, "Hey, great idea," and he asks his new friend Simon to row out a few feet so he can do his thing. So he, he teaches, he takes questions, he, he debates the interpretation of Scripture, all while bobbing up and down while they float on the water. It could have been an hour, maybe two. And then, when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep Water and let down your nets for a catch. Now I wonder why Jesus said this to Simon Peter. Uh, maybe he was just trying to do something nice for him, you know, since he'd been keeping the boat steady for him for an hour or two after working all night. But but I think it's probably deeper than that. Uh, you see, deep water in the Bible is always, well deep deep water is the image of the world when god began to make it and and tame it deep watery chaos jesus is telling him to go where it isn't safe and it isn't easy and to try and jesus says the same thing to us doesn't he We all have some deep water that Jesus is probably pointing us towards, don't we? Maybe it's taking a leap of faith and stepping into the unknown. Maybe changing careers to pursue a a job that feels more in line with your values and passions. Even if it means making less money. Or maybe there's a conversation you know you need to have, but you've been avoiding it because you know it won't be easy. Maybe it's investing in people, deepening your connection with others, sharing your true self, your doubts and your fears, and creating space for others to do the same, which can lead to richer, more meaningful, and scarier Relationships. Sometimes letting down the nets means giving more of your, of your time and money and talent in ways that, that stretch us. Could be committing to volunteer regularly uh, despite your busy schedule or, or donating to causes that rely on generosity to make a difference in the world like here but not just here. I mean maybe your deep water is your own soul. Maybe Jesus is pointing you towards therapy. Or to go back to school. To explore parts of yourself you've you've kept in the shallow end. Or maybe your deep water is getting involved in in politics or working for social justice, working for change, raising our voices for those who can't, advocating for change in areas of inequality and environmental stewardship, for for justice, for mercy. Maybe it's more than one of those things for you, for us. But if you're like Simon, and we're doing this series because you are, uh, somewhere in the back of your mind, or maybe in the front of it, you're thinking, you know what, God? Um, We've tried that before and it didn't work. Simon answered. He said, Master, we have worked all night long but have caught nothing. And he wasn't lying. They, they did try that before, and it didn't work. In fact, they'd been at it all night, and they were professional fishermen. They were experts in the field. If anyone could say for certain that there were no more fish in the sea, it was Simon and his fellow fishermen. But, you know, sometimes we shoot God down... Because we're just tired. Simon sure was. And we have reason to be tired. We've been working an awful lot, and sometimes without much to show for it. You know, maybe if it was meant to be, it would have happened already. But that's not where Simon leaves it. He he has too much respect for Jesus. To just dismiss his idea. So even though they had worked all night and caught nothing, he says, Yet if you say so, I will let down my nets. You know, it wasn't about uh, Simon Peter being fully convinced or, or having all of his doubts erased. He wasn't suddenly filled with belief and in total agreement with what seemed, based on his expert knowledge, like a futile task. No, it, it was it was simpler and and yet much more challenging than that. Peter, Simon Peter, decided to try to take that step, despite his reservations. This act of willingness to engage, to to put effort into the endeavor without seeing the end from the beginning, it shows us that, that faith often begins not with certainty, or complete understanding, but with the courage to act. He didn't have to believe, he didn't have to agree. The only thing he had to do was try. Now, I don't know where your deep water is, but I do know that if you feel like God might be calling you to, 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 to let down your nets over there, you don't have to be 100% sure before giving it a shot. Taking action does not require 100% certainty. You know, unlike Simon Peter whose whose call from Jesus was, you know, direct, and you know, whose miraculous catch of fish was immediate, you know, spoiler alert, your journey might not unfold with such clarity. The signs might be subtler. The the outcomes may not materialize overnight. And the path might not be as direct. In in, in fact, discerning that you're doing the right thing will probably involve a mix of, of doubt and faith, of trial and error. And that's okay. The essence of faith often lies in taking steps even when the results aren't guaranteed, Or immediately visible. Now, since it was Jesus, they were. For Simon Peter, he just didn't know it yet. It says in verse 6, says, When they had done this, they caught so many fish that their nets were beginning to break. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats, so they began to. The sink. But when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus's knees, saying, go away from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. For he and all who were with him were amazed at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so also were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. I just, I just love Simon Peter's reaction here. You know, he, he immediately recognizes that Jesus is much more than he seemed to be. I mean, he already knew that he could miraculously heal people. And, and, and his, action, his reaction isn't to say, oh, wow, that's really cool. But to say, you need to leave. You have mistaken me for someone who deserves you. You know, experiencing God should have that kind of effect on us. It it should humble us and leave us in awe and wonder. It should make us incredibly aware of our unworthiness. But not ashamed of it. Just the way it works. See, Jesus didn't listen to Simon Peter. In fact, he drew closer. It says, then Jesus said to Simon Do not be afraid. From now on, you will be catching people. And notice that here in Luke, it's not an invitation, it's a declaration. That became his new vocation. It's who he was. Maybe it's who he was all along, and and. He hadn't been brave enough to truly be himself until that moment. It, it was, of course, his calling and mission as one of Jesus' first disciples and later his chief apostle. And it's our calling too. Not necessarily in the sense that we you know, have to go out and knock on doors or make it so people will step in front of the sunrail rather than talk to us. It's Jesus' declaration about us that we will be catching people too. Because no matter what deep water we're called to, no matter what problems we're, we're led to try and help fix, we have to remember that it's still all about the people who were affected by that problem. You see, the essence of our calling is relational, whether we're called to deep water in in professional life or volunteering or social justice or or simply in our day-to-day interactions. The core of our mission is the same. It's all about the people. It's all about impacting lives, about being a presence that invites people to something greater. That's the heart of catching people, seeing beyond the, you know, the immediate tasks or, or challenges and remembering that at the center of it all are individuals with, with hopes and fears and the need to belong. Just like us. We don't catch people because we're really good at catching. We catch people because we've been caught. We've been caught by love, and it compels us to extend it to others. We've been caught by the kind of love that that doesn't see the crowd, sees the faces in the crowd recognizes their worth and learns their name just like Jesus did with Simon Peter and our journey of following Jesus isn't marked by our expertise in anything let alone theology or the ability to recite scripture or anything like that it's marked by our capacity to love as we've been loved. This love is the the net we cast. It's it's woven from our stories of being found, of of grace that embraced us when we least expected it. And it's this, this net, this love, that draws others, not to us, but through us to the source of it all. Jesus sought me when a stranger. So I can't help but try to love strangers too. And when they brought their boats to shore, they left everything and followed him. We get stuck on the fact that Simon, James, and John just left it all left the stuff and the businesses behind to, to go follow Jesus. And, and when we do that, I think we miss the point. It was never about the externals. It wasn't about leaving their nets or their boats. It was about embracing a new identity, a new mission. Simon Peter and his fellow fishermen made a choice that day, one that didn't just alter their careers, but their entire lives and ours. They chose to follow Jesus and it changed the world. Their choice to follow Jesus is echoed in our lives today. That, that unbroken line of Jesus' followers that they began took a, a wandering path but it leads to us, here and now. Following Jesus doesn't necessarily mean we have to abandon our professions or our daily responsibilities, as appealing as that sounds sometimes. It's more than that. It's about aligning our priorities, our actions and decisions with Jesus' teachings and examples about loving like Jesus. It's about seeing our roles whether as you know, professionals or students or parents or friends through that lens of discipleship. Understanding that our true calling is to embody and share God's love in every aspect of our lives. a choice, one that we make every day, and like we'll see with Simon Peter, one that we sometimes don't make when it really counts, but even so, we get the chance to make it again today. Because today is the only chance we ever get. Let's pray. God, thank you for your call to us to to go out to that deep water, to lower our nets. God, please help us to, to try, just like Simon Peter did. Help us to to try even before we trust. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.